the Curated Conversations podcast. I am your host, Mello the Divine Coach, and while you're here, we'll be discussing all things spiritual awareness, chakra alignment, manifestations, as well as healing ideals no longer in alignment with self. We'll be identifying the what and sharing experiences and knowledge so that we can all move forward on our journeys with less suffering and resistance and more clarity and acceptance. This is especially for you if you identify as a healer, intuitive, empath, mystic, creative, and all things in between. I myself am a certified spiritual life coach and practitioner of tarot, as well as an intuitive channel. I created this space for all like-minded souls so that we can learn from the best. Of Curated Conversations, I am your host with the most, Mellow the Divine Coach. And joining me, I have Miss Nessa Nessa Seri. What's good? Hi, hi, hi. What's up? What's up? <laughs> that was good. That was good. I can't say <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> if y'all like to uh, intro, leave a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm working on it. That was good, though. I like that. Was really cute. That was cute. All right. What's the vibe today, Miss? Obviously, uh, working on it. <laughs> That's actually real. Because you working on your intro, I'm working on working out, working on my body. It's giving. Um, what are we talking ahead. about today? Yeah, today, okay, for sure. Today is we're talking about breaking generational curses. Um, also known as ancestral sin, a.k.a. known as a habit or behavior that has been passed from one generation to the next. Um, have you ever, like, say for you have, have, do you have friends or people that you feel like are mirroring their parents' life? Or did, did you at some point in your life feel like, damn, I'm doing the exact same thing my mama did? Or my, you know, usually it's your mama karma. But that's what we're talking about. Can you relate? I definitely can relate. I can relate. And I, it didn't hit me until this year. That I was... It hit me that I was exactly like her. Like, people have mm. told me over the years that, like, dang, you act just like your mama. Or when I'm in a relationship, they're like, mm, you negative just like your mama. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't see it. So, this year when I started going through my healing and I started working on myself, I really did see, like, I really was like my mama. Yeah. Like, some things that I do is, like, exactly what she do. So, it's just like... Um, you got a little generational curse floating over you a little bit. And it's hard not to because I mean, we are our environment. We are who we are, you know who we grow up around. So we are around our mom and dad all the time. It's easy. It's it makes sense that we will adapt a lot of those traits and qualities. Um, if you're wondering like what a gener- generational curse looks like, or you're trying to figure out if you're you may you know have one. I don't want you to more so look at it as a curse because it's not really a curse. It's more so a consequence of our forefathers or our ancestors or our parents. It could have been ten times down before your mama. You know what I'm saying? One of your one of your great 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 grandfathers may have excuse me, ooh that was nasty. May have um had a mental illness or may have may have been a physical or emotional abuser or, you know, may have um had alcoholism or dealt with something that was very ungodly and had and it was a pattern and it continued to trickle down and trickle down to each member and no one actually addressed it or no one actually um 
took the time to correct the, that behavior. And so it gets to you, and then it's not it's not so much that you're cursed in a way, or that you are that your fate is set because fate can be changed. It's more so that you're you're starting off with a certain level of traits or consequences because of some of the things that your parents or your your parents' parents didn't heal through. So now it's either up to you to heal through it and break the cycle because and then your kids won't go through it or you're going to continue the cycle and then you're going to eventually teach it to your, your kids. And some of those things, like I, like I mentioned, look like alcoholism, mental um, illness, um, physical, emotional abuse, uh, your relationships to money. You know, if none of your parents have are good with money and you find yourself having a hard time managing money, it could be that. Um, were, I mean, were your parents present? You know what I'm saying? Did you have... Both parents in the household, because that does that has a, that has a good impact on your relationships and how you operate with, with your in your relationships. Um, I thought this was crazy, but that's a foster care was actually listed as a generational trauma, a generational curse. So I, I was trying to figure out how that would look, but being that you were our foster child, how do you think that how do you think that applies to you in that sense? I, I, I could say that I think um, it's crazy that that is on there, but I could see how it's on there because once you come from, so it's kind of like a double-sided generational curse. You get take, mm -hmm. taken out of your original family where they already have their curse. Like if they're sexually abused or if it's codependency on men, you already have that curse. And then mm -hmm. you're placed into a system with all these different people with their own curses. And then say you're with somebody for a year, you have a year of their teaching and their molding on you mm -hmm. so it's like you pick up what they have and then if they come and pluck you out that home and take you to another home uh, and say you stay there for a year it's just like you pick up that person so it's kind of like every home that you're in you're taking a generational curse with you because those are the people that's supposed to be leading you the right way but if they haven't broke their generational curse then it's like once you get plucked up out of that home into the next home, you go to another generational curse. So pe kids in foster care got it a little bit harder than people mm -hmm. who just have their regular parents. Because it's like, depending on how many homes you went through, you got like a lot yeah, <laughs> that you got to work through. Like a lot. <laughs> so would you say that, and I know this is just a theory, but would you say that people in foster care, do you believe that, that their parents' parents or their parents may have had big bigger struggles or bigger ungodly patterns that's why their their environment or their situation just is so tumultuous in a way you know what i'm saying so yes and with generational curses what people don't understand is say like my granddaddy didn't get it right and then he passed it down to my daddy However, so say my granddaddy had 70% of the curse and then he passed it down to my daddy. It's not just going to be the 70% that my granddaddy didn't get. Say it's going to be 80 now on my daddy. And mm -hmm. then say my daddy don't get it and then he passes it down to me. It's not going to be the 80 for my daddy. It's going to be like 90. So it's like if you don't get it, it's like that much plus some. So it's more, it's, yeah, that much more baggage you have to carry when it's your turn. Yeah, so it's just like... If you have children or like in this present time and you are, you can know when a curse is happening because you can, people are going to repeat the same thing. You act like this and you do this. Pick up on that. If you have children, use your children as your motivation to break the generational curse. Like use them because you do not want your innocent child to get this 
three times harder than what like you know what it feels like <laughs> so work just that much harder to break it so that they they can do something new like they can yeah. start the new curse of the goodness <laughs> and just for a second thing i want to re i want to rebrand the generational curse i don't like the, i don't like the vibe of curses so we're going to just call it what is known as the different cultures such as um Buddhism as ancestral sin. I feel like that makes more sense because it's literally the sins of your ancestors that, that is now being placed on you to carry or to heal through. So, and like she said, talk to your kids. I feel like one of the biggest ways you can help prevent your children from going through that same type of sin is considering their feelings. That's I feel like that's what we don't do. Like That's what people don't do because I don't have kids yet. But people don't consider their children's feelings. I can't tell you how many people that, me included, I had cousins included, who they told their parents that they didn't like a certain person or they didn't appreciate a certain person. The clicking. We definitely can hear him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, it's, it's giving ADHD. <laughs> yes. I can, okay. I'm okay, sorry. Okay. No, you did. But, um. Yeah, like I can't tell, we talk, you know, like we talked about this too. How when people tell when these kids tell you they don't they don't like somebody or they're not feeling something or something isn't right, we think because they're just children that they don't know what they're talking about or they're so green to life. When in reality, as children, they're more connected to source than we are as humans because we're more we're more in the world of the world at that point in our lives, and so it's like not considering their feelings is what causes them to just adapt to their environment versus. If you just t take a moment to listen to them, you'll realize the same thing that you're listening to is the same thing you your parents did listen to you to. You get what I'm saying? Like it's mm -hmm. what they avoided in you, and you can break it by actually sitting down and apologizing when you're wrong or when you do something harmful. Just because their kids don't mean they don't they don't deserve that that apology or you know that uh, that um that grace. You know because just because you think they're young and they won't understand it, that does not mean that they won't grasp some level of what you're teaching them. You know, I, I hate when they be like, they just, like, you just think they just too young to get it. They might not get the whole, the whole aspect of what you're trying to, you know, reach to them, but they're going to understand that you did something wrong and you're making it right. And so I feel like those are some important tools, you know, to help you guide your kids in a better way. Because, I mean, that's a lot of the reasons why I rebelled as a child. Honestly, it's just not feeling heard. And so I yeah. just was like, fuck it, I'm just doing what I want to do. Yeah. And since you don't have kids, I can speak on that. Um, I, um, my mama and people in my family would always yell at me. Like if I said something or if I did something, it was automatically yell, like shut up or sit down or get away from me. You're getting on my nerves. I just want to spend time with you. Like, and I picked that up and that's the first thing that I go to. When my kids come in, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're getting on my nerves. Oh, my gosh, shut up. Oh, my God, get away from me. And they picked that up. So now I'm kind of in the mode of trying to undo that wrong parenting because yeah. that was just like my generational sin that was placed, you know, given mm -hmm. to me. And now I see it. So it's like the I, I, I don't fault my mama at all for the way that she parents or the way that she raised me. It's just because she wasn't in a mindset to break the generational sin that was placed on her. Right. So it's now that I see it. I want, I'm pushing just that much harder to break it. And if you do have kids out there and you have already stepped into something that your parents have placed on you, it is never too late to mm -hmm. go back and undo it. Like children are innocent. They're just as forgiving as like a baby. They, 
I'm not going to say they don't really know. They do know at a certain age, but you can always go back and apologize to them. Yeah. And they're probably just waiting on you to apologize to them. And they're, they're probably going to say, it's okay. And But you know deep down inside that it's not okay. Right. So don't ever... Yeah, like, don't ever let anybody tell you, like, okay, it's too late to go back. Because, like, what you do in their childhood, that's what they hold on to the that take them to their adulthood. So, if you've been yelling at them and calling them stupid and telling them they'll never amount to anything, then that's what they're going to believe as they get older. Build them with life. Build, I mean, like, really feel like, just like, do what, you know, we always say, well, I'm going to do better with my kids than how parents did us. You know, we always say that, but when we get older, we and, and a lot of people, just from my uh, experience, with seeing my viewpoint of seeing other people, they, they do the same exact thing because at the end of the day, you want to be better, but you still have those same traits. And if you don't actually take time to heal and go to counseling, uh, take time to actually reflect and investigate, the patterns like because i mean if you're just living out living out your life you may not recognize them you may not notice you know that there's an issue you may just think that life is giving you a, a um a bad set of cards or you know you're just going through emotions but when you take time to reflect and investigate and identify certain patterns in your life whether it's within relationships what you do in relationships or whether it's how you communicate whether it's in um any addiction addictive um habits you have um whether it's you know because I, I, I i'm gonna say this and that's <laughs> i'm so happy i'm past this but i had this thing growing up where i would always want my somebody's my friend's nigga and i don't know why it was like that and i don't know i, I know that was and it's crazy because to be real my mama was like that <laughs> and like when i get the one as i grew up i realized like my mama i was born my mama was married my daddy was married to somebody else they cheated and had me so they, my mama had that in her. And when oh, I got, yes, That's why girl, you throw it off. Yes, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? But, and I didn't really, I just made more sense when I said it. But honestly, when I grew up, like, I didn't, it's like, I didn't, I didn't have that boundary that was like, okay, this is your friend, this is your whatever. You're not supposed to do that. It was just, to me, it was like, it was open game. You know, it was like, it was whatever. And it was situations I saw as a child with my mom and her friends that it was similar. But I never paid it any mind, never thinking that would be me, because these are two these are two women. You know, when growing up, I, I you know, partake in some of that same behavior, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized, like, damn, you know, like, we really are impressionable. And, you know, some of the things that we see our parents do, because we have full faith in them, we don't know it's right or wrong at that time. We may feel like it is, or we may hear that it ain't. But if we see them doing it, we're going to, we want to automatically, at some level, let's think it's okay for us to do. Unless we take time to reflect and investigate and identify, like that's that's bad behavior. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that's not that's not right. And um, that's just one of the things. Like I said, I would have never caught if I didn't really just take time to be honest with myself and say, you know, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Or why do you do this? Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes, and it's, like I said, it's a habit or a behavior. And sometimes you have to just really sit down and think about it. Also, it can get deeper because I know a. a multitude of people who have went through sexual abuse and i know it, it has went down from person to person to person to person and i hate that but the thing the reason it, and i feel like with that situation the reason it it really doesn't get revolved as much is because no one is speaking up on it like a lot of times it's not spoke out about 
And when it is spoke out about somebody is shushing or shunning the person back into that space to where they don't want to speak on it. And so, you know what I'm saying? And if you're out, if you, if you're out there and you went through that, just know that I implore you to always use your voice because it's your truth. Nobody can tell you how to speak or how to express your truth. You know what I'm saying? Because those are what I, I just, I've met so many people that are in a similar situation and it's like, I feel like they almost feel like trapped in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing really what to do or how to move through it because there is so many people around them who don't want to hear it. And you know, back in the day, especially our parents, parents, and our parents, you know, back in the day, that was more normal. I ain't gonna say normal, but it was more, you know what I'm saying? It was more shush shush. It was just what it was. So it's like, you know, back in the day, a lot of, a lot of shit flew. And it's like, so it's like, now they look at it like, that ain't something we talk about. It's just something mm-hmm. we sweep under the rug. No, baby, don't do that. Because when you sweep under the rug, you're literally allowing your children to trip. You feel what I'm saying? And your children's children, if nobody actually sweep that shit out, clean that shit up. Child. Deep stuff right there. Girl. That was deep. Real life. Um, I mean, it was deep because, you know, I went through that. I want to shout out the girl, you know, that molested me back in the day, baby. Nice I hope you Yes. I hope your book do good and I hope I get my little piece off of it. But um, I just, you know, use your your voice like speak up like i come from mm-hmm. a family where stuff like that is swept under the rug I, I i went through it firsthand and then i sat back and i watched it happen to somebody else and it was like okay sh- don't tell nobody and then when i did speak up and i said something i was seeking attention or mm-hmm. you just don't want that person to be here or you just want everything to be about you but it's like mm. That's why it makes it hard, you know, to mm-hmm. tell somebody when stuff like that happens when nobody believes you. And then now that I'm older and I've seen it happen from another person to somebody else, I know why it was I was seeking attention. And it's because this is what the, you know, the generational curse in the family is. So it's just like you are placed in your family if you are a black sheep to break the mold exactly. <laughs> that's exactly how i feel if you are a black sheep in your family i applaud you because it's like you go through the most bs in your life but it's all for a reason it's because you're gonna be the one that breaks the mold you you're gonna it. be the, yes you, you see it. it you're not gonna stand for it you're not gonna exactly. take it you're gonna be the one that speaks up and speaks out everybody thought i was so you know when i was younger my family thought i was a little crazy a little, I mean, you know, but they all, they all look at me as being quote unquote bougie, or it's just like you could just tell, like, I just, you know, and it's like I didn't fuck with nobody when I was younger because I just looked at, I looked at, I could see the situation for what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, even at a young age, you can kind of feel like this is some fake shit, you know what I'm saying, or this ain't how this supposed to be. You know, it may look like it's okay, but in reality, you can see the moving parts within it, you like this ain't real, and so it's like you just, you, you kind of step away and, and, and you rebel against it, and quote, and that makes you a black sheep. But it's like, like you said, it's only because your job is to break through and to lead and to show people like you don't have to accept bad behavior from anyone. You don't have to accept being treated unfairly by anyone. You don't have to accept um, being misjudged or any of that. You don't have to accept that. You know, no matter who it's coming from, whether it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. Your cousin, your friend, no matter who it's coming from, like you have a choice to choose you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I and I implore you to choose you. You know, 
what are some of the things okay so based off okay i know you said you went through that abuse which i'm sorry you have to go through that but i mean knowing you now you're a strong ass bitch period and what are some of the things you once you identified that situation what are some of the things that you did to heal through that um for one i had to forgive I, <laughs> this was the hardest thing i've ever done in my life yes i had to forgive the person who did it that was something i had to do and yeah. forgiveness is not what forgiveness is not just saying i forgive you <laughs> because yeah. you, can, say that <laughs> you can say that and not mean it and i said it and i did not mean it and it's just like that followed me like mm -hmm. it followed me it followed me to the point where I couldn't trust nobody with my kids. I could, I couldn't trust nobody like with myself. I couldn't let no man in. People like I got talked about because people thought I was gay. Uh, people thought that just a whole bunch about me. Just okay, yeah. you you didn't you waited this long to say something, so you must have liked it or you must have wanted it or it was it just trickled down. So it was just like I went through it. A deep depression and at the same time I was only 10 years old so I was depressed at the age of 10 like and nobody knew I kind of pulled away from everybody I I mean it was just a horrible time and it was just like I had to sit with that I didn't have nobody to tell because you know my mama didn't believe me so that was supposed to be the one person who believed me so yeah, so I didn't tell nobody else because it was like, if she don't believe me, then of course nobody else is going to believe me. So I had to sit with it. And then with sitting with it, it just, it messed up a lot of friendships. It yeah. it just, it just diminished a lot of stuff and opportunities I could have had. So then when I finally decided to forgive her, I, I sat there and I said, I forgive you. Like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. But deep down inside, I knew I didn't truly forgive her. Um the healing started really last year because I gave her a shout out because she actually reached out to me. It wasn't last year. Whenever COVID started, she reached out to me and she kind of was like, oh, hey, Vanessa, how are you doing the little, you know, innocent stuff? And I was like, let's get to the point. Like, what's up? What you want? <laughs> and so she was like, um, I'm getting ready to write a book about my life. And that's a scenario what happened between us. It's going to be in the book. And I'm thinking, like, she's trying to get my consent for it to be in the book or something. No, she Low was key. like, yeah, you know. And so she was like, basically, I don't feel like the things that they said that I did to you, I did to you. But if you think I did them and if everybody else think I did them, then I guess I'll just say I did them. But I know I didn't. And so she was like, I don't know how that messed you up. Why would, you, why, would you, why would you agree to something that you know you didn't do it? If you know you didn't do it, and you about to put it in a book. But, <laughs> yeah, so, and she was like, but if you feel I did it, and if it messed you up any, in any way, I don't know how it did. She was like, I just want to say I'm sorry. And so I was just sitting there like, God, this, this is, I didn't, like, you know, did this in my life and avoided all of this, and for this, for this apology, <laughs> like, this is the apology that I am receiving. And so I just was like, I got to release this. I got to let this go. Like that apology mm -hmm. didn't even feel like nothing. So I had to just start at square one and like go back, not really go back to my childhood, but just like I wrote my childhood self a letter just saying like basically it wasn't your fault like you didn't deserve that. It wasn't your fault. Your mother should have protected you. She didn't. 
I forgave my mother. I forgave the person who did it. I, I even forgave the relationships that I just couldn't give myself to. Like, so it's, it was a forgiveness thing. Once I forgave and truly let go of that, everything else was like falling into place. I love falling that. into place. Because forgiveness, that's really where it starts. Like, and like you said, when you got the, when you got that apology from her, it didn't do shit for you. But the real, the truth of it was when you actually were able to forgive yourself for yourself, forgive her, you know what I'm saying? That's when you actually had that change and that breakthrough. And so a lot of people don't make their pride. They get their pride in the way. They don't able to hold on to certain things because they feel a right to it. You know, and I mean, you may have every right to feel the way you feel because if somebody trespassed against you or they hurt you or they, you know, took something from you, that's understandable. You know, but at the end of the day, it's like you have to remember that you're not forgiving these people because... You want them to. You want you don't. You want them to be okay. You're forgiving them because you want to let go. Because you can't pick up all of your blessings when you're still holding on to pain. And God, even though God is an amazing God, He's also a thoughtful God. And if He if He allows you to go through that, He know that He's going to grow you in a way bigger than what you probably can comprehend. And a big a big part of that is forgiveness. Being able to open your heart up to, to that type to that level of you know pain and still forgive someone that takes a that takes a, a big person you know and it takes a, a faithful person you know and i feel like it does you know so i applaud but you. all y'all when well, y'all forgive that don't mean y'all gotta go sit in the room with them and kiki with them no. and be best friends with them forgive and move on right for you even forgive and and that's the even and even if it's something lighter than that or some anything like in general if you somebody has did something towards you and you choose to forgive them so that you cannot hold on or harbor any pain or hurt in you you don't have to invite them back into your life you do not mm -hmm. you can in mm -hmm. nine out of ten you shouldn't because if somebody show you who they are you need to believe them that first time that first time that first time so it's like you know a lot and i see that a lot a lot of bitches uh, i'm sorry a lot of a lot of people you know go, forgiving people are going through things and i see them going right back into it i'm just like what you think is about to be different this time you know what I'm saying? And it's like you didn't even take a beat to really analyze the whole situation. It's just like, okay, well they hit me up and I forgave them. It's like, baby, you don't you, you came out you came in this world by yourself. You don't necessarily need anyone to be complete. You're already whole. So somebody is taken away from you, draining you, or de depleting you in any any way, shape, or form, you have to evaluate like what are you really bringing into my life to the point to where I have to have you around. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's my only friend. <laughs> I'm about at to this, say. At this point, you know My kids saying? know who I vote the phone with, but I vote the phone. Because <laughs> there ain't so many people that can really <laughs> speak life into you and to, like, equally without jealousy or without competition or without any of that, that other unnecessary bullshit that can just really meet you where you are and rally for you and cheerlead for you. Those are rare people, you know, and those are people who are who are also faithful in conquering who they are so they can meet you where they are. So if you find people like that, you go, and don't get me wrong, friends go through stuff and they have their moments or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day, it's like, don't deal with no bullshit just because you don't want to be alone. Like, it's okay to, be, to thug it out by yourself and get your shit together. You know, and not not out of ten when you do that, that's when you'll come across the people your, your real tribe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, when you break those generational sins, because I can tell you one thing: when I was 
in the midst of it and I didn't recognize what I was doing and why I was doing it. A lot of people that I was coming around who were my friends were just like me. Like they were reflections of me. So a lot of things I did, the habits that I tried to hide, they were doing too. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it really wasn't no escaping it until I addressed it. You know, cause it's like, I had, I had a friend who I told her about this thing who I was with for the longest, how like, this is my first love, this is my baby, woo woo woo. And this bitch, this woman, <laughs> this, like, this girl still goes and fucks with him. Knowing like, I mean, knowing he been all up inside of me, everything, she still goes and, you know, does something sexual with him. And so it's like, I couldn't even be mad about, at the time, I'm like, that's fucked up. But I thought about the shit I've done. And I'm just like, well, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've done that before. And so it's like, when you, are, when you are healing yourself, when you are being truthful with yourself, it shows up in your world. It manifests in your world. Like you said, when you, when you, when they told you that, um, you were looking for attention and all that stuff, you suppressed it, suppressed it. And you kind of went into your own self. It's that manifest in your reality because it's not being addressed. And so it's like to avoid situations that you don't deserve to go through, just learn to swallow your pride, look at the situation for what it really is, mm-hmm. and move on. You know what I'm saying? And I know it's not as easy said as done, but if you really trust and believe in God, it's trust me, it's not that hard. It's it's easy. Yeah. I want y'all to remember that people are in your life for a season, mm. a reason. Mm. A lesson because <laughs> a lot of people y'all got a lot of lessons in y'all life right a now. lot a lot, y'all take a lot of lessons yes and y'all better be taking notes because y'all gonna have to no. use it when y'all look back you're gonna have to it was they in my life for a reason a lesson a blessing a, like what they in your life for taking away give them see the thing is a lot of them in there for a lesson but they be trying to keep them around for a lifetime it's like what you right what that's gonna be here for five minutes passing through. And you got and they and they here for the whole three sixty five. Like, what are you doing, baby? Yeah. And you can't tell nobody nothing because we all want to be grown. So she. I want to be grown. I know you could tell me a mother when I. I want to be a kid now. Take me back in the day when I was young. I'm not a kid anymore. Some days I said I wish I was a kid again, but um. I wish I could sing. Okay. You know, um, you can do a lot of other things. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um. So, are there any other ancestral sins that you went through? Are there any right now that you feel like you're actually overcoming? Mm, ancestral sins that I'm overcoming. Um. There's a lot. I mean, there's a um. I just overcame some ancestral sins with my child I just gave birth to. Well, he's six months, y'all. Let me stop saying. Just gave birth to. But there was some ancestral sins with that as far as, like, postpartum. Um, Talk about it. Talk about it. Postpartum has not been a thing in my family. Um, It might be a thing in everybody else's, but it has not been a thing in my family. Um, I know it's that six-week window for postpartum just for jobs. But, um... And my family was more like of a two-week thing. After two weeks, you're healed. You should go back to work. And it wasn't until I had um, my last baby that I realized that postpartum was a real thing. Like, giving birth was a real thing. Like, you give birth to a human and 
they want you to be back at a job at two weeks that's just not logical like your body has to like heal like fully and I felt it this time because um I remember after two weeks I was out and I was shopping I was like I feel so drained like what is going on and I went to the doctor and she gave me an examination she's like you gotta you gotta sit down you gotta chill and I was like what I was like I feel fine she was like you feel fine but you pushing your body too far and she was like, this is your third kid. You don't you don't know that. I was like, I always, after two weeks, you know, get up and go. And right. she was like, no, that is not healthy. She was like, postpartum really should be longer than six weeks. She was like, because it takes your body like a full two to three months to get back to square one. And I was like, oh, because I didn't know that. Like, nobody taught me that. Like, that was, that's not a thing. I had a doula for my, um, a doula for my birth this time. If you are a mother and you can afford it get you a doula everybody for people that don't know what is a doula a support person it is a person that advocates for you because if you think about it you are pushing out a baby your husband if you have a husband or baby daddy whatever is there to solely focus on getting the baby out healthy he don't have he's not knowledgeable of um clamping of the cord after birth right um keeping the room quiet um different nurses are going to come in so he's not going to have time to advocate if you're pushing and he's trying to hold your hand and do all these other things so it's basically an advocate for you and i gave birth if i wouldn't have had my doula i would have gave birth alone like with nobody there so she advocated like a birth plan for me she um spoke up for me when like i was in between pushes she was basically my voice like she's a very not well it's not gonna always be a she but a very knowledgeable person it is not a nurse so don't think you're getting a nurse she cannot deliver babies she is just a support person for you like your voice I'm yes an advocate because yeah. there's a lot of things in birth that they they don't talk about and they they don't let you know so and you know if you have somebody in your family mm -hmm. that is not aware of this or it wasn't passed down to them then they can't pass it down to you so that also falls with that generational sin yes. also always going to the hospital let these doctors pump up your kids with all these different drugs and you don't know if they do they take the baby out the room mm -hmm. okay, and that's like, not a thing that they have to do because my baby don't. never left out the room they definitely don't so it's like and like you said, I love that you brought this up because if you, if you don't know better and you don't you aren't taking time to look, look, advocate for yourself and find ways to advocate for yourself or to have people there to do it for you, then you're obviously going to go the same route everyone else went. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not going like not they're not they're not giving out these type of knowledge. They're not telling people freely this is what this is what is better for you. This is what helps you. You have to go out and mm -hmm. look for it. You know, I thought an epidural was the only way, baby. It, look, because they're going to tell you that it is. And it's like, why would you, you know what I'm saying? You're pumping, just pumping drugs. Like, I, no, if you can do it without it, have your baby without it. You know, they're going to, they doing what they want. they doing what they need to do for themselves, for what works for them. They're not really, it's not all people, but most corporations are thinking in the betterment for the, for you and your child. And even if they are, it's your duty to make sure you're going to be up and above with where they what they're doing. And still, you know what I'm saying? And making sure like A B C D E F G everything is where it's supposed to be. H I J K Okay, I'm sorry. Oh group. But no, I'm happy you brought that up because when you first told me about doula, I was like, what? But even how you explained 
like how you explained it and how you said that how it, it was so much better for you and, and how it like basically it was like no nonsense you know that's how that's kind of how i felt you was talking like it was no nobody was gonna play with you or your baby in that moment because what you wouldn't say your dude already knew like what you had said like, she was like she wants no talking oh yeah um they did a uh a nurse change so I had my birth plan wrote out and I gave it to the first shift nurse and it was like I wanted low lights I wanted worship music plan I had a diffuser going and um, I wanted I wanted dead silence so when they did the shift change the second nurse came in and she was like she wasn't really loud but she was doing a lot of talking and a lot of asking me questions and the uh, doula stepped in it was just like she doesn't want no questions save the questions so after she's had the baby she wants it quiet and peaceful and so she kind of just stepped in let her know what I wanted because that lady came in just disturbing the peace she was like okay yeah she was like okay we got to do this that that and then another thing I found out they do not have to they tell you when you first get ready to have a baby that they got to check you like every two hours they do not have to check you every two Mm. hours and I did not know that so why do they say they have to do that anyway they say they have to check you every two hours to make sure that you're dilated or that the baby is safe but they don't have to do that because they have a monitor on your belly that's going to tell you if the baby is in distress and then it's like the mother like me when it when i was having my contractions i knew when it was time for me to push without them even checking me like yeah. i knew it was because it's like pressure you know your body. It, yeah and so it was just like just by letting my body do what it had they didn't have to check me as much because when it was time to push my doctor wasn't there but i told them like if y'all don't get her here i'm gonna deliver the baby myself no man <laughs> man speaking of that i watched my older sister have birth and the same exact thing happened she was telling him, like, he finna come, he finna come. The lady was like, no, he's okay, he's not coming. Literally, my sister told him, like, okay, where's the doctor? He, you're fine, you still have time. Baby, that nurse turned around. My sister sat up, bloop, that baby came out. She she turned back around, she said, oh, she said, I told you. And mm-hmm. I, so it's like, you, you, we gotta stop allowing, excuse my French, these white people to tell us, you know, something that we can actually go out and find for ourselves. Like, be an advocate for yourself know your rights know 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 your, you know just like you know your body you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like stop putting your livelihood stop putting your your everything in someone else's hands just because that's their job yep. when, when, when we've been doing this for, for decades you know like, like um the birthing chairs where like the, you know usually they have the chairs from the back in the day where you would sit up because they helped the baby come right out and they would have the chairs where the people the women would come and sit down they would squat and they would just bloop like got a we, ball now yeah that's what I was on. Oh, you was on the ball? Yep. I was on the ball the whole time. And that was something I didn't know. In the, they got this thing called a peanut. And it's an actual ball, the shape of a peanut. You put it between your legs and make you dilate. It was just so many different things that I just didn't know about. They made it easier for you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They don't tell you about this stuff. It's hidden. And it, and it was hospital stuff. Like, mm-hmm. they don't tell you about that. You just got to ask. Cause if you want the if you gonna if you gonna just be generic, you're gonna get the generic. You're gonna get the same thing, and that's the a generation. I don't want to say generational sin, but at the same time, for a lot of people, it can be because mm-hmm. you, like I said, you don't know what 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 all is going on in those situations, and some of this, some of that stuff can be you know harmful to your child. You know what I'm saying? Because you really don't know, and all we know all we know is they're not telling us everything. That's what, so I mean, if they're not telling us everything. I'm not gonna trust anything. Mm-hmm. Just like when you get an epidural, they don't tell you that it's going to mess your back up 
beyond like my back it, yeah random times i'm getting back spasms from you. the epidural so it's like yeah it's going into your spine and it's gonna you know it's gonna make you numb but they don't tell you about the long lasting pain that you have even when you ain't even thinking about having a baby so, so no you're right and that's to me that's just so much of a queen shit like you come in somebody tell, no be quiet no no music i mean no no talking Ask her, like, that's such a queen-ass job. And that would just bring me so much peace. You know, all I got to do is sit here and bring my baby into the world. Have my baby, yes. I don't have to ask no <laughs> stupid-ass questions three, four times. Because they'll come in asking the same question the last person asks. And it's just like, to me, if you're going to do it, that's how you got to. And so, I, just like she said, I, I also, because if I was a woman, you, bitch, I have a doula on call. You ready, babe? This, I'm having my third one. <laughs> yeah, I need you. I'm like, what? That's a vibe. It really is. It really is. So it's just one of those things y'all just gotta do it different. Don't do it like what mm -hmm. your mama did. Don't do it like what your daddy did. Set a new foundation. Like right. tear all that down. Especially if it's not a good foundation. There if you, you got go. little cracks in your foundation leaning, baby, just tear it down and start something new. Mm -hmm. What's it gonna hurt though? Even if it's a perfect foundation. Like if you wanna do something different, do, do something different. different. Like you ain't even got to be the black sheep. Step out and do something exactly. different. <laughs> Just be the person. Be an innovator. Be somebody yeah. who brings in a different way of thinking or being to your whole family or to people around you. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's so many things out there. So yeah. it's like, you don't have to just stick to the script. Like You don't. And generational... Okay, so it don't even have to be a bad thing. My kid's father, every single one of them drive trucks. Really? All their daddies. Their daddies, grandparents, drive trucks. You know, truck drivers ain't shit. I'm sorry. My but daddy, they, but he, a, he a good man. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. The daddy passes it down to the son. So the youngest son, it was his time to graduate and drive a truck. He didn't want to drive a truck because that's not what he wanted to do. He wanted right. to be a, a mechanic. But they frowned upon him and talked about him because he didn't want to drive a truck. He didn't want to do the generational thing of driving trucks. Right. He wanted to be different and break out and be something new, different. So why the fact that I want to do and have my own mind, why am I stupid? Why am I not going to be nothing? Why am I not going to succeed in life? Because I don't want to do what you did all these years. Mm -hmm. So it's just like generational whatever, sin, curse, whatever, however you want, generational stuff. <laughs> it, it isn't, it's bad and good. I mean, yeah. it it's a 360. So it's just like, be your own person. Like, be different. Step out. If everybody went to college and baby, you don't want to go to college, you want to be an entrepreneur. Baby, be an entrepreneur. Be, be making more money than everybody that went to college. Thank you. And the people who go to college most of the time don't even do nothing with the stuff. So let's be real. And if they do, like, they not end up realizing that they, this ain't maybe what they want. And some yeah. of them do, but you yeah. wasted all that money to go work at McDonald's. So like it's just like it's really mirroring your. Like you said, it's it's. Choosing to mirror your parents' life or choosing to create your own. Mm -hmm. Some people are naturally going to, you know, love what they who their parents are presenting them to be and just go for it. But that's why it goes back to reflecting. Taking time to reflect, to identify what it is you want, what it is you what you thought you want, which is really just all you've known. And to really track your change you know what i'm saying how are you growing how are you changing what are some things you don't see yourself doing no more like 
you know, like maybe three years ago, you were sleeping around with these people, and now you really you're celibate, or maybe you you oh. drink a lot of your problems away. You know, you, you you're a heavy drinker, and you may not think it's an issue because you never had an issue with it, but in reality, like you drink heavy, and your and your and your your mamas and your mamas and their sisters and their brothers that they drink heavy. So it's like address those things before they become bigger things, because you may not you may see them as small things, but it's like they can be bigger things. You know, because you're not drinking for no reason. You're not smoking for no reason. Like, ugh, that's a big one, too. Weed. And, I mean, people gonna, people going to be, they going to feel different ways about this. Because a lot of people feel like weed is just, you know, God's gift on earth. No, it is not. And I believe, I believe it, it definitely is a, a tool of enlightenment and um, elevation. But I, I'm the type of person where I feel like everything is good in moderation. And... I feel like, you know, it's the end of the day, it's still a drug, and it still can be overused and abused. Yep. And you have to look at weed the same exact way you look at cocaine, or you look at, uh, you know, any of these other Are drugs. you doing a little over there? Oh, <laughs> just have to do a little bump to really get into it, you know, to play the character, play the character. But, uh, don't tell nobody. But, no, listen, let that, no. <laughs> but that is, like, you know, you have to really identify those things because if you're smoking every single day every single day every single day like eventually it's going to it's a, it's a downer drug so it's going to suppress you you know and there's some people that can really function you know what i mean but there's a lot i know a lot more people personally that don't they can't function because all it do all it's doing is suppressing your emotions to the point where whatever you need to identify and heal through which is probably a part of your generational sin whatever it is that you need to heal through it's suppressing it to the point to where you're okay with not dealing with it mm -hmm. you know you're okay with living your life without ever really addressing it because you feel okay you feel at ease and i know a lot of people that really smoke their problems away drink their problems away fuck their problems away sleep their problems away um run away from their problems you know have children on their problems like they just like i said those are the patterns you have to look at like why mm. are you doing the things that you're doing you called me out a little bit. I called myself out. I ain't gonna tell y'all which one, but I was in that too. Yeah. There's a lot of those categories. And, and those are the, those, that's, I mean, that's, that's really every. A lot of people going through this same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people are going through different things that, that they aren't healing through, and they and they just don't. They don't think it's as big as a deal as it is. They don't think that it's affecting them as much as it is. You know? Mm -hmm. And so they just like it, it, they just look like it happened to me. I'm I'm a survivor. I'm good. No, baby, talk to somebody. Figure that out. Heal. There's nothing wrong with talking about what you went through. Like, if you don't got, if you don't got the right friends, find a good counselor, a therapist. Like for real, like a life coach. Cause I don't know. Hey, hit me up. Cause I'm one of those friends. I'm one of those coaches that. Out, you gonna feel like it's a family. You gonna feel like I'm your friend. You know what I'm saying? Cause I want you to know, like, it's a safe space. Find somebody that you really, you know, find somebody that you can connect with and that you can really let that out and get real genuine support from because mm -hmm. like you like me you talk we have some of those friends like you had a friend when you were doing um when you were doing therapy they were like well we don't do therapy why you don't just talk to me and it's like bitch because you didn't go to school for this mm -hmm. you have no certification or you don't have nothing to say right. i tell you what i say and then you just start off with what happened to you so you're struggling like, with your own shit. yeah like okay the blind leading the blind. Look at this one, and that's and that's a lot of this problem. <laughs> that's 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 people's problem. They going to the wrong people for advice and situations. Like these people going through some of the same things you're going through. That's why birds birds of a feather flock together. So it's like they can only tell you so much from their limited perspective. So it's like get professional or real ethical help or support. You know, even if you just start journaling, 
that's very healing, very therapeutic, very safe. You know, journaling, um, meditation. I, I can't advocate for meditation enough because it really helps you find a clearness and all the dysfunction and all the chatter in your brain to help you understand what you need to do better. But yeah, like, I just applaud, I, I really employ everyone to um, really take a look at some of the things that, like, especially depression, because depression, I feel like, is a big one. I don't know if we hit depression or not, but I think that's a very big one. I don't, I don't necessarily look that was this um, generational sin, but I feel like a part um, of it is, because it's, like it's like an emotion. I was about to say it comes with it. Yeah, exactly. That's how that's perfect way to say it. it comes with that scene. It's like it just because because you a part of you knows you're going through something that you shouldn't have to go through at yeah. a certain level. You know what I mean? It's just like, but you know, but you have to be strong enough to get through it. You can't just give in to defeat and say, oh, I hate that I have to go through this, but I'm just gonna, you know, whatever. No, you have to stand up in it and say, I'm gonna be bigger than you know. Uh, let's see. Also, did you know repeated miscarriages can be a thing? To, that's a, that's a, that's like a generational sin. Like if somebody continuously had like killed a whole bunch of children that weren't born, like people it's from abortion, abortion, make, uh, miscarriages, or what well, miscarriage? No, okay, well, no, this one is miscarriages. So oh, I feel okay. like that's a consequence. So if say for, say for instance somebody was having a lot of abortions or somebody was doing something, maybe their children would have a hard time. Oh, having kids, okay. like the people, mm -hmm. okay. so people have a hard time having kids. Maybe mm -hmm. like one of they, one of their forefathers killed a kid, or or maybe they neglected a kid or abused a child. So now you know what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought that was crazy because I was like, damn, they make a lot of sense. Um, another one was get divorced. A lot of people that I know, I know divorce, a lot of people, yeah, a That's lot of people, men. A lot of that one. Okay, so let me ask you this because now I'm going through this one too. And I, I've seen a lot of people who stay in divorces so long, and not even divorce, not even marriages, stay in marriages, but not even marriages, stay in relationships so long because they don't want to get divorced. They don't mm -hmm. want to, they don't want that on there. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They want that stigma, and it's like that's a that's that's a that's a learned behavior, because you know back in the day they would stay together, right? Like they, it would, it once you together, you together. You know what I'm saying? Like the older people, it's like that's just what it was. It's like no matter your being beat on you, cheating on you, you just stay with them. But and then I think that's why nowadays you see our generation, huh, these motherfuckers ain't even really get married like that. It's like they don't even see marriages. They've been good fifteen years. That's your husband? No, that's my boyfriend. What? <laughs> okay. Well, it's like they don't even want to get married because they don't even want to get divorced. It's like. They was, the, uh, child, and that's the thing. Every generation has its, its ups, its uh, what it is. Every generation has its gift and its downfall. Like our generation, oh, are we the millennials? No, we the um, what are we? People. No, you know they got the baby boomers. Then it's the. I think we're the millennials. Are we? Oh yeah, this G and Z. That's the one after us. Okay, so we the millennials then. <laughs> You see, the millennials are the ones that stand up. Like, we don't take shit. We don't fight for our rights. We want to say how we feel. The baby boomers weren't doing that. They were still taking it laying down. You know what I'm saying? Um, they were very strong. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what they, but I feel like that was their downfall that they weren't standing up. I think, I think our gift as the millennials is that we're fighting for our rights and we're actually using our voice. But I think our downfall is that we're too worldly. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're way too worldly, way because of social media, it's all this sex. It's just, a, it's like such a sexual place now. It's just crazy. It's just crazy how that is. And, um, I feel like that goes hand in hand with generational sin, too. It's like each generation has its, its highs and its lows that you have to work through. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't. Hmm, I didn't think about it like that. Though. You know, I forgot what it's called. The thing, but it was. They say that though. I, I always heard that since I was young. Like each generation has its, has something that's that they that they're created, but then it's like something that they fought it. Mm-hmm. And you know, our generation, you see, we we do not. It's not. It's not as com- the commitment part of it. It's just not really commit. It's all about. Ugh, I don't know. But I still love you. I love my millennials. You know, it's whatever. Whatever. But we gotta do better as people, seriously. Um, okay. And pray. That's one thing. Okay, because it's all about. Okay, the, the key word I want y'all to take away before we wrap this up um, is redemption. You know, this is this is all about like redemption. Whether you're going through it, whether you see somebody going through it, whether you're watching your parents go through it, it's really about redeeming yourself from that scene, redeeming your forefathers for or your ancestors. By, by overcoming, by speaking mm-hmm. your truth. You know what I'm saying? It's all about mm-hmm. redemption. And if anybody and everyone, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you have done, you are capable of redeeming yourself because if you believe in Christianity, he died on the cross for y'all. If you believe in spirituality, God is love. So as long as you're coming from a place of love and you are true and genuine, he will forgive you and it is forgiven. The same way he asks you to forgive those who have, who have trespassed against you, he will have the same part to forgive you. So don't think that anything that you've been through or that you're going through, you cannot be forgiven or that you cannot redeem yourself um, in that situation. And start over. And start, like you said, rebuild your foundation. Yeah, you can rebuild You can rebuild the foundation. It doesn't matter how many times you start over. Right. It's the, it's, what matters is that you don't quit. Oh. You don't give up. You don't eh. stop. It don't matter if you start over 10 times. It's the fact that you didn't quit. You kept going. You kept trying. You kept, I mean, you kept, because each time you start over, you're taking something from, I have start, babe, okay. Talk shit, talk shit. I started over so many times, but every time I started over, I took a lesson with me. So right. once I did my grand finale of starting over, I got it. I got it because I took all those little mini lessons from all the times that I started over before. And so then when I decided that I was really, really, really ready to put all that I had took from each little little lesson and put it into one grand scheme of healing, it was it was so magical. It was just like, oh, my God, did I just do that? And it's kind of scary because it's kind of like makes you think like what if i would have did all this and been serious back then how your life would have changed but i mean you need those bumps and the roads and you need those ups and downs to get you to the place but it's like y'all sit down y'all get real with yourself take every lesson don't take it light every lesson write it down (laughs) like yep uh uh, dated and so you can look back on it. It's so many times. It's so many. I got so many journals. Like when I move houses and I clean up, I always come across a journal where I was going through something, yeah. and it's years ago. And I can read it, laugh about it, cry about it, and then be like, Oh my god, but look where I am now. Mm-hmm. So it's like take them lessons and them losses for what they is, but learn something from them. Take the wisdom out of it, yes, and apply it because apply wisdom that's not being applied is still ignorance. 
So it's like if you learn something through a situation and you still not applying that wisdom, it's like what you went through that for. And like you said, help writing it down sometimes can help a lot. You know what I'm saying? Because you can go back and look at your growth and be like, damn, you know, like even when you're going through some of your bad days, you can go back and be like, well, shit, I'm not going through that no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I overcame that, so I overcome this too. So yeah, that's definitely a good one. That's why I say journaling, journaling is it's a beautiful thing. It really is because it makes it real. It's it's timeless, you know, in a, in a sense. Um, yeah, I know. I like that. I like to hear. But yeah, make sure you're praying. Make that's sure you're so celebrating. Cool. Um, make sure you're seeking support. Make sure like journaling mean equals tracking your change. That's how you track your change. By Real support it. though, not support from yeah. just anybody. Not no miserable person. Make sure it's somebody Please. who's really on the same journey as you, so y'all can balance each other out. Say that again. Because exactly. if yeah, if you got somebody miserable, it's gonna be just that easy for you to slip back into your miserable state because you're listening to the same miserable stories every single day when you call that person to try to get some support and it's just like you just gonna fall back to it was so many times i had this one friend every time i called her i I would be going through so much and i would call her and i would just try to vent and she would fill me with so much miserable information i would just be like okay right. well i ain't doing too bad so we would just sit on the phone and gossip i lost so much time just by sitting on the phone gossiping oh about I mean, nothing I take that. please like i mean i mean of course people gonna do what they do but if you don't do one thing try to shorten your gossip yes like that's one of those things that y'all don't even realize how much energy you give away you, you think you're on the phone just kiki 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 but you pour, you you lose so much energy just as soon as I'm talking about shit that does not matter. It like, doesn't. And I can't, I mean, of course people going to do what they do, and that is what it is, but I just got to say that because I used to be one of those people that literally would be on the phone from sun up to sundown with, with four different people talking about all type of shit that, and, and not, and it's like there's so much time wasted that I could have been putting to myself and it wasn't until I got older. Now I'm barely on the phone, and now I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. With this, this good talking about what we finna do, what we finna come up with, what we doing next, like pouring into each other. You know what I'm saying? It's no bullshit. And it's like, now that I'm older, I can see it more clearly. I'm like, damn, like, I, my phone, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone talking about nothing. Now that I'm 10, I was going over some shit that somebody was going through for the 16th time. That, you know, helping them through the same shit. Or I was venting over some shit, talking to somebody about some shit that I already knew the answer to, but I just want to vent about it. It's like, mm-hmm. but you know what you gotta do, just do it. Or just to yeah. sit on the phone and complain. Yeah. Just complain about, and it's just like, you don't, because you don't know, because negativity, that's another thing. Negative stuff in this day and age is driven. Yeah. Like, get if y'all don't believe me, get online, post something negative, and watch how many people comment. Yeah. Tomorrow, post something positive and see how many comments you get. And it's just like, if you're sitting on the phone talking negative, one hour a turn into six hours. And then that six hours you could have been spending with God or educating yourself or reading a book. Talking to your kids. Yes. Spending time doing something, a craft or something, taking up a hobby or learning something new or go on a walk. Like that negative. And once you get that negative and it holds you down, like that negative is in your spirit. So it's going to drain you. You don't know how tired you is. And if most of the time when you say you're emotionally, physically tired it's because you're negative <laughs> and you you're, get what you give so yes. come right back to you if you if that's all you put out you can expect to be have more negative shit come happen in your life yeah you get what you give 
You got to change your perspective. And I mean, we're not just saying this stuff like just to be preaching. It's stuff yeah. that we've went through. So we've exactly. tested the method. So we know it worked. Journaling. Yes, journaling. We know it worked. I'm new to the, the whole crystal and meditation. And so I'm new to the, <laughs> I'm, I'm new to the whole journaling and I'm new to the whole meditation and the crystals. But these things like y'all take the time out, like not saying what works for me will work for the next person, right, right, right. but educate yourself. It just might work. It, yeah. I, I mean, but if you don't educate yourself, just like I thought crystals and readings and stuff was witchcraft. I wasn't educated. That was another generational thing that was put on me. So once I educated myself and I realized that it's not that much different than religion or, you know. Prophecy, prophecy or Yeah, so it's just yeah. if you're doing it the right way. Exactly. If you're doing it right. And we have to get out. I'm sorry, I'm preaching now. No, we, talk, baby. Get on the pulpit. We have to get out of the mode of telling our African-American people hushing them when they say that they have mental health issues yeah. depression is real y'all anxiety is real suicide oh, is real eating disorders real all these things that y'all think just happen to white people are real and they're three times harder for the black community so if a friend check on your strong friends check on them strong friends not to cut you off but i'm so happy you brought this up because this is like the perfect segue into the root chakra the perfect segue if you don't know what the root chakra is it's seven energy circles within the body the root chakra is the beginning of the the start it's right at the bottom of the base of your spine if your root chakra is imbalanced like she just said you will experience anxiety you will experience fear you will experience nightmares eating disorders if it's unbalanced that's because you're not you don't you're not connected to anything you're not grounded to anything you're two of the world you're two of your environment but when your root chakra which is all about groundedness when it's balanced and when it's moving in the correct way you're going to feel more secure you're going to feel more comfortable in your skin you're going to feel um it's all about your survival so when you feel like you when you, when you walk into a room you can't be around people for, for that long or you get you get this high anxiety i'm telling you now that's because your root chakra the way the, that's like the front door to how the energy comes into you from the earth so that front door is closed you're going to feel disconnected from the earth so everything everything around you doesn't feel like home doesn't feel safe but when you when that root chakra is balanced and it's open you're going to feel anchored to the earth anchored to existence anchored to the most high so you're going to feel more secure you're going to feel more grounded at ease and so just like she said when people that are going through depression or anxiety are going through these different emotions that are causing them to feel isolated or alone or not connected it's probably because you, you your connection to source is not your relationship or your connection needs work so that means you need to get in your prayer closet that means you, that means you need to however meditate or visualization affirmations whatever you need to do to strengthen that connection with who you believe in and how you believe in yourself, you know, and those are things you can do to help strengthen that um, that chakra. Some of the crystals you can use are car, uh, no bloodstone. Um, let me see the other ones because I just had this pulled up. I'm so I'm so I was this was this was supposed to be at about as well. So I'm so happy you brought this up because it's it's just it go hands in hands with the root chakra, and a lot of people wonder like because I mean me personally I used to be so 
such a high, high, high anxiety to where I didn't want to go out or do anything. And I, it, it was like until last year, so I really had to break it down and realize, like, damn, like, I'm, I don't feel connected. You know, I don't, I need to be more connected to my source, to my power, to my real power. And when I did that, it just kind of gave me more confidence to be like, okay, what am I afraid of? What am I anxious about? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I'm safe no matter what happens. Like, whatever goes wrong, I'm going to be okay. And that's the mentality you have to have for yourself. Uh, some of the crystals are garnet, hematite, black obsidian, red jasper. These are some of the crystals that you can get for yourself that will help you balance out that root chakra. There's also yoga poses you can do. Um, look at up root chakra yoga poses that will help you open up that chakra. I'm telling you, if you struggle with anxiety, this is going to help. I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how bad I used to have before. I mean, I, anxiety has stopped me from doing so many things, like literally so many opportunities I did not do because I was so anxious, because I was an empathic person, so I feel everything around me, but I wasn't feeling connected to the earth, so it's like I felt like I was just overwhelmed, you know what I mean, and I just don't, I just hate, when I look back at how many situations I didn't partake in because of that, it really breaks my heart sometimes, I'm just like, you know, it's just, it's just like all in your mind, you know, so like, like she said, depression is very real. Um, mental disorders are very real and it's like these chakras are all connected to a different organ in your body so make sure you're taking care make sure you do your research make sure you're taking care of your mind body and spirit that's why yoga and working out is so important that's why meditation and crystals are so important that's why um, dieting and counseling and, and speaking your truth is so important because they help align these three things your mind body and soul so that you can function the way God intended you to function, not how the world is manipulating you to function. Because mm. that's what they're doing, baby. They're you know telling I mean? you how to live. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. Man, you don't. Because at this point, so many sheep that the wolves are almost disguised. Yeah, I'm not I was the say they everywhere. Music, yeah. uh, TV, uh, everything. So y'all, y'all gotta. What's that word? Get woke. Yeah. No, I'm just gonna say, stay woke, be mindful <laughs> and be self aware. Definitely be mindful, self aware, and stay woke. Be woke. Like, I mean, at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we gave y'all enough of what y'all needed. Um, did you want to speak any more on mental, dis mental disorders? Mm, it's just, um, it's real. I feel like um, mental disorders are real. I went through. Um, depression and anxiety i didn't know nothing about no root chakra um but i went through the depression and anxiety and i didn't let nobody know that i went through depression and anxiety i had a real bad uh break in when i lived in dallas like two years ago and so i reached out to my sister and i told her basically like hey this is what i'm going through this is how i'm feeling and i'm one of those people even as a kid i didn't want to take medicine because i always had this fear of like being hooked on pills um so I didn't take like Tylenol and stuff like that. And the first thing that she said was, hey, you need to see a doctor so they can give you some medicine. And I was like, mm, I don't really want to do that. And so she kept trying to push that. And so it's just like, even when somebody comes to you and tells you that they have an issue or something, don't push medicine on them. Like, right. Th that's not why they're coming to you. <laughs> right. That's the easy way. Yeah. Point. 
give them some type of, and I mean, like you said, if they don't know, if you don't know better than, that's why, so like you said, even with the doula, research, like, y'all gotta get into the habit of, and me, and me too, I can't really speak for myself too, like, I get in the habit of looking at different avenues of healing and different avenues, that's how I break, that's how you break generational, um, thought patterns, generational stigmas, generational, um, mentalities, is by going outside of what your family or what your environment considers the norm and figuring out if it resonates with your heart, if it resonates with your spirit. Because you know it's something fixed for you immediately when you try it. So those are the things. That's how you know whether it's right or wrong. Not because your cousin's going to agree or because your mama tell you don't do that. No. When you do it, if it feels right for you, that's how you know if it's something that is for you. So I feel like that's important. That's how you break those generational mentalities. Because your mama don't know everything. Your daddy don't know everything. Your grandparents don't know everything. They know a lot. They got a lot of wisdom. But they don't know everything. And just like we tell y'all what works for us may not work for you. At least if you're doing your research and you're figuring it out, you'll you'll be able to say, I tried it. Mm-hmm. And it did or did not. It's one thing to say, I, it, just, it just won't. It's another thing to actually put yourself in the shoes and see how they fit. Because you may walk a little bit with a little bit more pep in your step when you try them on. Um, yeah. I see what you did there. You see what I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any homework for my for our for our lovelies tonight? Mm, I don't have no homework tonight. Okay, I'm gonna get on the night off. Okay, y'all say y'all got it. All right, but ain't no homework, ain't no extra credit. So she, we did it tonight. Um, well, I definitely appreciate you, Nessa. We did. I'm so happy we had this conversation because you know I'm happy you shared what you shared. And I hope that everyone listening can really just kind of take, even if it's just a sentence or a part of it, I hope that y'all are able to really take that for yourselves and apply it, apply it, apply it to your existence so that you can heal. You know, this this is all about healing. Um, any closing remarks, my love? Um, I actually do got some homework for y'all. Sit down. <laughs> Sit with yourself for at least five minutes. Think of whoever hurt you or whatever you're holding on to and start the process to forgive them. You heard it first. Sit down, reflect, and start the healing process. All right. Well, we're going to let y'all go. Y'all already know what time it is. Like, subscribe, and share. Make sure that you're tapped in. Until next time, y'all stay divine. Let's go. Say bye. Oh, I didn't think that was fair because I, <laughs> I can't sing. Oh, okay. We're going to work on it, y'all. We're going to work on it. Bye. <laughs>